I'm Farai Chidea. On One with Farai, we have real conversations with intimacy, intellect, and revelations. It's a show about how visionaries integrate life, work, and passion. Join us on SoundWorks from PRI. Rescue in the Himalayas, today, Thursday, October 16th. This is The World. I'm Marco Werman. They're still looking for survivors in Nepal after a massive snowstorm and deadly avalanches hit the most heavily hiked region in the Himalayas. Some climbers have been found alive, but many are still missing. Trekkers are still trapped in several pockets, and the rescue efforts will resume tomorrow morning. Also today, a Pakistani writer says the way Homeland portrays her country on TV won't help make things better there. It's going to increase the fear. It's going to increase the mistaken perceptions, the misunderstandings. And America mourns actress Elizabeth Pena, a Latina star who mostly managed to escape stereotypes. She was a regular character, and she happened to be Latina. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA-CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and you're tuned to The World. Fear is a huge part of the Ebola story right now. Just listen to Tom Frieden. He's the head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, speaking to members of Congress today. There's a lot of fear of Ebola. And I will tell you, as the director of CDC, one of the things I fear about Ebola is that it could spread more widely in Africa. If this were to happen, it could become a threat to our health system and the health care we give for a long time to come. We'll come back to Ebola later in the show and how we as a society react to epidemics. First, though, another menace that you can't see, radiation, like the one that contaminated the area around the tsunami-crippled Fukushima nuclear reactor in Japan three and a half years ago. Yesterday, we heard about a town there that's still being decontaminated. No one lives there, but there are towns near Fukushima where the government says it's safe to return. Sam Harnett spoke with one older couple who decided to go home despite their fears. Most Japanese towns have a Bosai Musin. It's an emergency broadcast system. In Kawauchi, they test it every day at noon with this jingle. It echoes down through the valley and over clusters of houses. Many are still vacant, but not the home of Kyoko Baba and her husband Yoshishiro. They decided to come back, and they're happy to have visitors. <laughs> The couple built this house themselves. It has a warm glow, hand-hewn lumber, rice paper doors, and there's a big tree trunk supporting the roof. As we pass by it, Yoshishiro runs his hand over its polished wood. (laughs) It's like heaven here, he says. When he retired from carpentry, the two opened a restaurant inside this house. He caught the fish, and she cooked them. Kyoko reads from the menu. Local fish, miso soup, sashimi, tasty, she says. Next to the kitchen hangs a wooden fish. When customers are ready to order, they hit it with a mallet. But Yoshishiro and his wife haven't served a meal here since radiation forced the town to evacuate. It made me so depressed to leave. 
For the first three months, I couldn't even laugh. They had to move to temporary housing in a city an hour and a half away. Their unit was one of many identical structures lining a parking lot behind a shopping center. Yoshihiro spent the days whittling wooden trinkets, toy fishing rods, and bamboo mallets. I just kept making things to stay motivated. I felt so dark there. After 13 months, the government told them it was safe to go home. Since then, about half the town's 3,000 residents have come back. Yoshishiro says he and his wife decided to return even though they were concerned about radiation. I'm 70 years old, and she's at a good age as well. We don't have many years for the future. We came back home because we wanted to enjoy ourselves.